Time to abandon ship. Can I persuade you to join us for a drink? It's a tradition. Here, here. Jar Jar, homie, my main man. Quickly, before the Separatists attack, get into the escape pod. Hey, this is escape. Then where the pot? We're back with another Clone Wars talk episode. If you're following along with us at home, we got the Umbara arc going through it today episodes number 407 through 410 which is number 73 through 76 on our chronological episode order list links are in the description box uh so check those out watch the episodes if you haven't seen them yet if you have then uh welcome back thanks for tuning in and diego's gonna join us right here on the escape pod again to chat about uh, the next couple episodes on our list so uh let's chat with him about it Man, I can't believe that we're uh, on episode 10 of season 4 already. I, I, I had to kind of double take. I was like, like what? <laughs> <laughs> Halfway through the season already, we feel like we just started season four. Yeah, we've been flying through them, especially since this whole COVID thing started. Actually, yeah. we actually have the time to do it now, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, exactly. Yeah. Um, I guess like before you want to start, do you, actually did you want to listen to the featurette? Because this arc does have a featurette, a behind the battle of Ambara. Yeah, absolutely. Featurette. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Let's uh, let's check this out. Yeah. Quicken that pace, Battalion. This isn't some training course on Camino. The, uh, new general has a way with words. He's just trying to keep us on schedule by raising everyone's ire. Darkness on Umbara is a story of struggle for the clones. We've gone into the first couple seasons of the Clone Wars and we've shown you that the clones are not just simple one-dimensional soldiers, that they have feelings, they have personalities, they have names, they are brothers. We've kind of furthered that now by, by starting to question what does it mean to be a soldier? What does it mean to follow orders? What is the definition of a soldier and a good soldier at that? And how does Rex deal with certain levels of dissent or questioning that's normal for these guys, that's normal for these soldiers? I mean, you can follow orders, but it doesn't mean you always agree with them. I know that I don't command like the Jedi you're used to serving. Certainly not like General Skywalker. But I have my way. It may be difficult, but these are difficult times. And that's kind of what Umbara is about. Nothing kind of sums up the focal point for these clones' angst than General Krell, the Jedi General who is, you know, somehow more aggressive than even Anakin Skywalker. It's different for them. And what does he think of clones? And it makes them question what it means to be soldiers. And I think that's kind of at the heart of this whole thing. So why aren't we sticking to the original plan and probing the city defenses first? We can do this. Recording the Umbara arc was the most challenging uh, in terms of portraying the clones. 
of anything that I've done so far in the series. What is their irreplaceable element that these clones bring to this battle that the Jedi need? And you see that in this very clearly, what it is that they bring that they need. Their intelligence, their flexibility, their integrity, their sense of brotherhood, all of these things that are so laudable and so heroic. You're going to see that in, in full showcase in this four-part arc. You think General Krell still intends on taking the capital using this strategy? I don't know. I'll get back to you on that if we survive this battle. We were able to bring in a special guest director, Walter Murch. Uh, Walter Murch, you'll know his, his various work from everything from Apocalypse Now to directing Return to Oz. And it was very gracious of Walter to come in and work on Clone Wars with us. It was an incredible learning experience for every single one of us on the crew. And his episode was a massive undertaking. He had a battle from the first second of the episode to the last second of the episode, practically. And Walter handled it all brilliantly and, and really just shot it like a live action movie, I think. And telling a really personal story of struggle with these guys. It's got the pacing of television, but it has that feel uh, in, in all respects of the cinema, of something you see up on the screen uh, in terms of how you hear it and how you, and what you see visually. It, it's incredibly exciting to be, to be in the middle of that, in that mix. It's, 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 it's fantastic. I think what Dee Bradley Baker said just there about uh, how the whole thing feels very cinematic. This is something that you pointed out that this entire arc feels like really kind of movie like. Yeah, like uh, the entire time I was watching all the four episodes, it felt like, um, you know, if they didn't have opening and ending credits and they just grouped them all together, that's like a movie right there. Um, every yeah. single episode in this arc, it's it's crazy like the the visuals like the the battle scenes everything it's so i think it's the best so far for me anyways it's the best one uh yet like it's just insane the the amount of detail that went into these episodes like the the story is fantastic the action is just crazy it's pretty brutal like some of the deaths in this one like it's mm -hmm. it's it's really good i really enjoyed it um so yeah, the first one on our list here is uh, Darkness on Umbara. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so... Yeah, yeah uh, the first uh, first thing I want to say, through just like going forward through the whole arc, is it's very apparent that loyalty is equal to trust. Yes. And, and it makes that very clear, like through this entire, the underlying message, uh, at least one of them, is that uh, being loyal is also a form of just being uh trusting right yeah but uh yeah so uh, what was the first thing that you caught what's the first thing that you wrote down oh man uh all right well uh i kind of broke down the episode a little bit by let me let me just see um i guess something that was cool is that there's a just to kind of like fill you guys in so basically Anakin was supposed to uh, fight alongside with his team uh, and lo many other troops, but he got called back to Coruscant by um, the council. And then uh, Jedi Master uh, Krell was supposed to 
fill in. Uh, and he's, you know, from the get-go, he kind of introduces himself to Rex and, like, the other clones, Fives and all those guys. And you can tell, like, he is just he's a dick like from from the get-go yeah. like he's he's from the beginning he's yeah. just a total jerk yeah. yeah he treats all the clones like the you know they are like uh like dave was saying in that featurette like they they all have names they're all brothers like they're not just you know clones but he doesn't like he mean and krell he doesn't see them as clones he doesn't view them like they own like they all have their own sense of identity like he just uh, he he even identifies them by their uh, serial number, right? So mm-hmm. He's just he's brutal, and the common theme that's constant throughout this whole arc is every clone like it, it tears apart the team, like every battalion that kind of comes into contact with Krell. Um, yeah, yeah, he doesn't use nicknames, and uh, after Rex kind of pays a compliment, or there was something that happened there, uh, Krell says something along the lines of how he's surprised that uh he can that rex can recognize valor for clone you know he's always throwing out a little insult towards the clones by kind of i don't know dehumanizing them almost Mm -hmm. yeah he turns he kind of makes his point to put across to them is kind of like i'm superior i'm better and he actually uses the words i'm superior uh in one of the episodes but like yeah he you know constantly always putting them down and you know demeaning them and being extremely condescending right um but uh he's you know eventually we do get to see him duel and like yes he's very unbelievable jedi master right you know he's got four arms he's got two um staff sabers one green one blue and he's crazy right he's he's unbelievable but um yeah he's he's not uh not nice in the slightest so no yeah yeah. and and like he's a perfect kind of character to bring into this kind of an episode arc because the whole thing felt so war zone you know like yeah like even just from the beginning like when they launch all the the gunships down on the umbaran surface um the night like the night uh raid style uh kind of thing right up to the landing party uh touching down and then like just opening the doors and blaster bolts everywhere it's a dark planet it's glowing Mm -hmm. there's so much to look at like visually it's so cool and then there's so many shots where like you know just very cinematic feeling right yeah but um but yeah, like the whole thing was just uh, just amazing. Like the, the action in this episode in arc is probably some of the best Clone Wars action that we've gotten to see so far. Mm-hmm. Like as far as as far as like real gritty kind of action goes, uh, we've seen some cool stuff. But this episode really stands out as like one of the greatest arcs. Uh, sorry, one of the greatest story arcs that has like the best action throughout the whole series. Yeah, it, it definitely. Um like this one in particular, like it really puts you in the trenches, so to speak. Um, exactly. Yeah. It really puts you in that trench yeah. with the clones. Exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, and there's, there's actually, you know, going back to this, like uh, general Krell has a lot of moments where um, it throughout the whole arc, but in particular, this first episode, um, you know, they, from the get go, when they meet him, they kind of, they there's differences like that rex and krell they they butt heads consistently in this arc but Mm -hmm. in this episode there's uh there's discussion of how they are to you know um 
you know, General Krell wants the clones to go head on right into the enemy. You know, no, no stealth maneuvers, no kind of going around uh, the main roads to kind of where they need to be. It, it was like, no, take, take the front lines, you know, you, you, you stand your ground until, you know, you die or you don't, whatever, but you're going, you know, the, the, the hard way. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Meaning like, you know, straight in front, but like, everyone sees you any enemy contact will be right in front of you kind of thing uh yeah. rex rex mentioned something in the episode where it was like oh anakin uh you know general skywalker is nice um it's nice to deal with him because he he kind of you know uh gives us another option and stuff um so like he he does a good comparison uh, and it kind of happens many times throughout the arc but the clones will say things like, um, you know, at least Skywalker will kind of treat us with dignity and stuff. And like, he'll, yeah. he'll give us like the, you know, the, the kind of stealth route. Whereas, you know, General Krell's uh, plan of attack is, is literally a suicide mission. Yeah. Actually, yeah. I think it was in the next episode that they, that one of them says like, well, at least, at least like, cause Rex points out that, you know, like, yes, General Krell, some of his strategies um, are a little like uh, out there, right? But yeah. but so were some of General Skywalker's, and then and I think it was fives or something. He says, uh, "Well, at least General Skywalker is leading from the front, not bringing up the rear like General Krill." Yeah. You know, yeah. So he's yeah. They're like they're making good comparisons, which you know, for for clones who just kind of are supposed to be these guys that follow orders, and you know, from Attack of the Clones, like the Kaminoans talk about them as like science experiments, right? Yeah. So you know, they're bred to be a loyal people who follow orders and and uh, this and that, and whatever. It's like, yeah, we know all this, but uh, and in the in the Geonosian battle in that in that movie, like they come across as very like extremely kind of obedient people that just kind of do what the Jedi want them to do. Uh Right. Uh, Like I I got the feeling almost right away, like when Yoda kind of commands one of those lieutenants to bring him a ship and then they're just like, they're just there, you know, like they're just like doing what, what these Jedi want. And it, it just feels kind of like out of place from the beginning, I guess, to me, like when I think like, oh, that's so weird. Like, you know, peacekeepers leading a war. It's so, so odd. But um, but yeah, no, these are actually like real people, uh, even though they're kind of supposed to be loyal, like it's it's in their, uh, I guess, genetic programming or whatever that that they're supposed to be kind of obedient and all this and that. But um, they're still uh, they're still they still have you know, a real human heart and a human head and a conscience and everything else. And, you know, they can tell like at their core, they, they disagree with the, the shots that are being called. Yeah, definitely. And, and that happens many times in, in pretty much every episode um, where, you know, I think uh, I can't remember which one, but I think, uh, um, oh man, I, I completely forgot what I was going to say. Uh, Anyways, um, yeah, so, like, um, uh, one thing, one thing that I found interesting, like, from the first episode, and I mentioned this to you when we were watching it, was that, uh, you know, every time General Krell will say, uh, you know, storm the front lines, you know, take, take the, 
take the easiest way but you know in in reality it's suicide for the clones right oh man like like in <laughs> all his plans all his stupid strategic plans involve just a forward frontal assault yeah every every single time yeah it's just you know balls deep let's just take it you know like there's no like stealth you know there's no you know the, the only person that enjoys it is hard case <laughs> yeah yeah exactly um but you know fives hates it rex hates it you know all of them hate it um yeah. and one of the clones dogma is kind of we kind of see a theme with him until the last episode but in most of them uh we see him kind of being like oh don't you think general curl knows what he's talking about and all the other clones mm, are like a... all the other clones are like oh yeah um you know he may be that may be his plan of attack but look at how many soldiers have died under his command right so yeah exactly uh, you know like he yeah he may be a successful general but like look how many look at his body count he's lost a lot of men right so mm -hmm. um yeah there was something interesting at the end of this episode that rex says to general krell when he's kind of standing up for his actions in the battle because because he follows krell's command and does this forward frontal assault but then they realize that the road that they're traveling on is booby trapped with mines and then this you know the umbarans pop out from nowhere behind the bushes and surround them and they're fully exposed and they have nothing to hide behind and many of them die right and and he kind of like krell blames it all on rex and then rex kind of gets a little defensive and goes like well i followed your plan to the letter with all due respect uh -huh. right but it's a plan that cost us like men uh -huh. not clones and he takes off his helmet yeah he's like men yeah. And then he says, as it is my duty to follow your command, it is also my duty to protect these men. Yeah. And um, and I love how General Krell's like just kind of constantly dehumanizing them. And Rex is constantly reminding Krell throughout all these episodes that these are real people. Mm -hmm. And um, and that, you know, it, he feels as if General Krell, well, especially Fives, Fives has a lot to say about this. And Krell almost like takes his head off for it, but uh, when he tries to defend Rex, but uh, but yeah, like you know, we see it very clear that Fives really hate this guy. Definitely, and even in this episode in uh, Darkness on Umbara, the first one, like one of one of the clones, I think it might have been Fives. Yeah. Anyways, one of them was confronting Krell about you know like, hey, you're. Plan of yep, those fives. Yeah, yeah. So like, um, he was defending Rex uh, from uh, getting blamed. Yeah, or yeah, but in this episode, like, I've one moment I found interesting was someone was standing up to him, and Krell actually pulls his lightsaber out, uh, and you know tells him to kind of stand down, and then, uh, you know, as kind of like an, an intimidation thing, but he really, it like from the get go, he really kind of put this, you know, like. Clones are expendable kind of mindset. Yeah, he doesn't care about them at all. No, not at all. And he, he actually points this out later. Um, but um, from the get go, he doesn't feel like a Jedi. Yeah, very much. He so. doesn't he doesn't feel like your average Jedi. Your average Jedi would would not stand like would not make the clones stand at attention because all these Jedi have been fighting with alongside the clones as generals in this war right exactly so even though even though they are you know even though they're jedi like it, it they're not even and even though they're generals like they're not exactly super stuck up formal that they constantly make the clones stand at attention when they're talking to the commander especially the captains yeah 
Yeah, he. You know, like you never see Obi Wan go like Cody, stand at attention when I'm talking to you. No, never, never. <laughs> I, you know, they're everyone else is kind of you know down to earth kind of thing, and it's like okay, look, we're all in this together. You know, there's no need for that, especially in th- these times. Like it's is there's no need for that whole stand at attention thing. Yeah, blood, sweat, and tears through the trenches, and and uh, you know, there's it's not like anyone cares about formality in in those times exactly like we're all in this together kind of thing um but interestingly enough and this actually happens in this first episode is that uh what eventually becomes a common theme every time the clones come up with an idea to kind of like hey here's an idea krell will be like nope do it this way that's not going to work some of them disobey him some of them kind of be like okay let's just do it but interestingly enough after krell gives a command whatever it is he always leaves and he's never mm-hmm. alongside with them fighting he always leaves and just watches from the sidelines with his own little battalion of like i don't know five six guys but he lets the 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 clone troopers be there by himself and when you finally see krell fight later in the arc i mean he's unbelievable so why wouldn't why wouldn't he do it but we'll get to that um soon yeah we'll get to it soon um that's all i have for the next for that one exactly yeah let's move on to the next one uh the next one's called the general very rough battle Mm -hmm. rough battle episode Mm -hmm. uh so the fortune cookie on this one is the path of ignorance is guided by fear um so let's see uh something i want to see that kind of ties into that easter or that uh, the path of ignorance is guided by fear yeah 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 um so this is kind of a foreshadowing thing because i think um i think it's safe to say that a lot of the the people who kind of work with the dark side um they they fear that is what is greater than them right like like um i would say dooku fears his master mm-hmm. and um and uh in the same way that general krell uh we're skipping forward a little bit here but just kind of getting into the last episode where he kind of reveals his evil plan this is a really huge foreshadowing kind of quote because he fears what the fate of the jedi is going to become mm-hmm. and because of that uh this has affected his choices in life and like what what like what exactly he's doing which eventually we'll talk about but um but yeah that that uh is kind of foreshadowing that i think as well yeah uh that um because his ignorance uh is just uh i don't know yeah we'll, we'll get into that later yeah he's but. definitely blinded by that but um in this episode yeah, the the troops are the troops are you know they just had a a an un- you know, a battle, one of many in this, in this mm-hmm. whole arc, uh, you know, talking about the last episode here, but, um, in this episode, you know, the, tr- the troops are divided, you know, we, we see them kind of very early on in the episode. Like, they're like, what just happened, man? Like that was crazy. That was suicide. Yeah. Like, they start what, what to grumble it? and yeah. uh, a lot of grumbling amongst the clones, mm-hmm. a lot of, um, uh, yeah, they're divided. A lot of that. They're divided on, you know, Krell's assault tactics and, uh, you know, one point in the episode that kind of stood out to me was Rex tells Fives to calm down and, you know, convince the troops on, you know, on Krell's decisions that, you know, he's gonna, mm-hmm. he's gonna do fine. Like, you know, everything will be fine kind of thing. And Five asks, um, uh, or no, uh, I, I believe, I believe, uh, Five and Fives and Rex were having a conversation and, uh, 
Rex at this point in the arc, he's like, you know what? Yeah, he's being kind of a dick, but you know, we should kind of, you know, follow suit and kind of push through kind of thing. And then five fives interestingly asks Rex, you know, is that your own thoughts or is that what you're trained to believe? And then Rex says, I honor my code and kind of explains before he says, you know, I honor my code. He says that, you know, we were, we're, 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 designed a certain way we're trained a certain way to follow a code and you know i honor that code uh in in Mm -hmm. reference to kind of meaning you know like yes they're clones and all that stuff but they they have to follow this code and meaning you know this general says something they follow it kind of thing um yeah and and actually there was an episode a while ago that we watched called the deserter where Rex uh, meets a clone who uh, kind of ran away from his position in the war, mm-hmm. um, Laquain. Yeah, and uh, he'd he'd been he, he got married and to a Twi'lek woman and had children and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, Laquain, um, he kind of showed Rex, uh, or I guess, kind of helped him uh, understand kind of where he was coming from in his position of of making that choice right uh-huh. and here we are in a position of of rex kind of having to make his own tough choices and part of that um has to do with um be, like the message that has kind of been conveyed to us through multiple episodes at this point even all the way back in season one uh with another episode uh where the quote came from uh that goes like this uh being a soldier means uh doing what you think is right Mm-hmm. And not just blindly following orders, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, for Lequay, and uh, he thought that it was wrong that you know he would just have to lose his life for a war that made no sense, and for for you know a, a, a situation escaping a situation that had uh, hardly any back doors to. Other, it was either that or facing death, right? Mm-hmm. And he's like, "No, I'm going to get away," right? And just one thing led to the next, and now he's got a family and all this and that. And uh, like, does that make him a coward and a weakling? Like, no. <laughs> but because uh, he had to defend his, you know, we saw him defend his family, and you know, like, heck no. But but um, you know, General General Krell is is kind of Rex's kind of test. Um, and, uh, it's a bit of a testament to that episode where we met Laquade, uh, and here Rex is having to make his own very tough decisions. Um, and yeah, like he says that, like he honors his code and all this and that, but, um, but I think at the moment he's still struggling with this and, and it's not until the very last episode that we really see him make his final choices. Uh Yeah. Um, it's a good progression. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, that's a very good point. Like Rex, like all the clones, uh, they they're all like, you know, it's very divided amongst all of them throughout this whole arc. You know, a lot of them are like, okay, let's just follow orders, and then a lot of them are like, no, man, like this is suicide. This is crazy. How do you guys not see mm-hmm. that kind of thing? But uh, yep. you know, one 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 really good uh, epic scene in this one. Um, so they're, they're walking along the trenches and they kind of get bombarded by these, you know, these giant centipede things, they come out of the ground and, you know, they're, they're the armor on these things. It's impenetrable to just regular blaster bolts. And they say, we need rocket launchers. Right. And, and it, it kind of like in the, uh, you know, kind of like to the side is general Krell and his, you know, little pot of five, six soldiers, what have you. Uh, and he's, he's seeing his men on the battlefield being demolished like they're they're 
getting destroyed, right? Just murked. He doesn't do anything about it. In fact, yeah. he tells them, he actually radios in. I, I can't remember who do he radioed to, but he says, you know, stand your ground, continue the front. And it, it's like, Yeah, and clearly they're getting like ripped apart. Yeah, yeah. and he, I think one of the clones, whoever he radioed, he's like... Is Rex. Yeah, Rex. He's like, sir, we're, we're getting demolished out here, right? And it's, yeah. and yeah. But he tells them, you know, stand your ground and, and just know sense of compassion to these clones like he just like you know they're expendable they're like battle droids right you know yeah he's treating them like that totally um but yeah i mean um let's see what else i got down here well he sends uh he sends fives and a hard case um out to take uh the the air base to steal some of the ships to you know to to use against these big huge uh centipede machinery things mm-hmm and they successfully kind of managed to do this, but um, when they win the airbase by the end of the episode, because they they get past you know the all the booby traps and all the 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 umbarans that are protecting this airbase and the centipedes and all this stuff, they get all past all that finally, and um, and it was at the cost of a lot of men, and General Krell, like he kind of says to Rex. Uh, uh, I think, what does he say again? Uh, uh, I think, or oh, I think it's Rex actually that says, um, uh, a lot of men died for this victory. And then Krell says something really ignorant. He goes, a sacrifice worth, uh, worth it. Uh, perhaps someday you'll realize this, you know, like as if, as if it, the sacrifice of all those clones was just pennies, you know, out of the Republic's pocket. Yeah. Kind of thing, didn't right? care. Yeah. And, and, and then you could totally see, right. He's like, at this point now he's starting to get really pissed off because he like clenches his fist and he doesn't say anything at all. Mm-hmm. And and then he walks away and then Fives kind of like puts his hand on his shoulder and he goes like, no, he's the one who will never realize. Yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, yeah, and, and and it just goes to show like, I mean, these are these are real people. These are real, you know, men dying for this stupid war that that in the end is just all a big hoax in the, in the first place to throw off the Jedi. But, um, you know, like it, it just makes you feel so sorry for them. Yeah. Like through this whole thing. Yeah. And, and so. you know, like they, they, they go into this blindly, like these clones, you know, it sucks. Cause like they're, they're bred. They're, they're, they're not, you know, they're made in a lab. They grow up. All they know is war from the minute they're able to you know walk and like they're able to talk and they can you know hold a blaster so they start training them as cadets and you know they just grow and grow and grow and of course you know they get you know they get scarred from everything they see they have you know it hasn't yeah. even begun until they're actually on the battlefield and it's it's funny you mentioned that because the um i've noticed like with like uh like fives for example like in the beginning you know there's there's fives echo you know the, a lot of those guys are dead uh, and fives like his attitude is very you know it's not as as upbeat as he used to be right mm-hmm. uh, and and you can see that because if you think about it through this time it's like what a year or so maybe two years into the war and like that's a long time to be at war you're still alive thankfully and you're still fighting you're still seeing death you're still seeing your comrades die every single day every single battle and it, it must be 
unbelievably tough. Like it's a, it's a huge sacrifice, right, for a greater cause. But I mean, you know, obviously they they're 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 you know trained and bred how to fight. All they know is how to you know draw blood. And then at the 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 turn of a command, you know, orders execute order sixty six, and it, all of that is erased. You know, it's crazy. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's unbelievable. Like it, it makes you feel bad for them but at the end once you watch episode three it's like no i i don't care about you guys now like yeah so um but when we when we watch episode three i think like that whole movie by the time by the end of this series that whole movie's perspective is completely different yeah probably it'll probably you'll 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 look at it differently after watching this show probably like i my my assumption would be that my you know, I'll I'll look at that movie and I'll feel bad for certain characters, but maybe I'll I'll it might change me. It might you know I won't feel bad for you know guys like Obi Wan. I won't feel bad for guys like you know Yoda or Mace. You know I, I don't know, um, but yeah. Well, I, mm. I'll, but there's still a lot to go. Um, but yeah. Um, yeah. So we got the next episode, Plan of Descent. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, Fives is a bit bitter about the fact that, um, you know, Corella is kind of being the way he is. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, they, you know, like they come up with a plan to kind of take these starfighters that they've taken from the airbase and blow up the, uh, the uh, what is it, the supply ship or whatever uh, that's uh, sending out long range missiles or something like that or or there's something along the lines of that so that they can take the capital yeah and uh yeah and and krell is, is is his plan is to just take the capital regardless of that of that of those long-range missiles and just do it anyways right mm-hmm. um there was a there was a cool hologram effect that we saw like all this unbarring technology is really awesome but obi-wan you can kind of tell that he's a bit unsure about krell's plan when uh when he hears that Krell kind of say he, he's just like well we just have to take the airbase anyways regardless of the missiles and uh, and he's a bit unsure and then the communications get cut off mm-hmm. and uh we find out later that this is also because it's been sabotaged yeah. but um yeah he completely disregards rex's plan to send two clones up to the the supply you know to this big separatist ship and blow it up because uh because he calls it a frivolous plan that he doesn't need to spend wasting two clones on a frivolous adventure or whatever yeah <laughs> so yeah what did you think of this one and that go that with that last quote like that goes back to at the beginning of this arc when you know they say that anakin oh he lets us you know his 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 methods are you know they're out there but like they're creative and like they do win which is true but you know, like, uh, Krell is so, he even mentions it in the first, uh, like in the first episode of this arc, in the introduction to Rex and the rest of the clones, he says, you know, I'm by the book. I am to the T, you know, I do it textbook. You know, I don't, I don't mess around. You know, it's, it's, you know, uh, it's straightforward, uh, straight, straight as an arrow, right. Kind of, kind of deal with him. Um, but you know, the clones, like they're, they're used to following orders. They're used to, you know, taking direction and running with it but they're also used to you know seeing you know any you know any any flaws and when those flaws arise it's you know they're used to okay let's regroup you know brainstorm again 
come up with another strategy and they'll re-strategize, they'll re-strategize that and they'll, you know, plan and proceed accordingly. Um, but Krell doesn't let them do that. You know, any, any little idea that the clones have, you know, it's like, oh, well, what if we, you know, two, two of us can go get them. And like you said, it's like, I, I, I need all the men I need. And, you know, but like, they do it anyways, right? They 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 disobey them. They're like, this is yeah. crazy. Like we we've we've used these ships before. We we stopped the long long range missiles. Now or no, we've we fought on the battlefield in the last one because they stole the ships and then they fought on the battlefield. They killed all those. You know, yeah, fives and a few ones. others are getting completely tired of uh-huh. the, these casualties, right? Yeah. So the, yeah, there the, you can see that this uh, the plan of descent, you know, just to literally just to disobey Krell's orders and do their plan anyways like that this is the episode where this starts to happen mm-hmm. uh and and the 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 uh fortune cookie on this episode planet descent is the wise man leads but the strong man follows um so i believe that's how it went but um but yeah i mm-hmm. i i found it interesting that you know every time you know the guys who are like you know what Let's just say, you know, fives, for example, he, he'll do something like, okay, well, you know what? Let's just, I know this was his plan. I know it's treasonous, whatever, but we have to do it. Like men are dying. We have to come up with a new game plan. And they even do it in this episode. You know, they go, they, they go to those ships that they've commandeered, right? They, they, they even blow up a hole in their own hangar, <laughs> like, you know, and, yeah. and then, you know, anger, Krell kind of angrily goes down and says, okay, you guys are to be jailed. And like, he even puts them up for execution. Like he goes crazy. And then Rex is like, oh, I, I, I you know, I can't, I can't, I, I don't want to be a part of this, but I have to follow orders kind of thing. And then, you know, he's told by Krell, you know, round up a firing squad or I'll do it myself. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, they take, they take him down to these, uh, what's his face? They have fives and uh, I think it's hard case. Yep. Yeah, fives and hard case. So they they take him down to these, you know, uh, little mini penitentiary kind of thing. These oh, sorry, it's five. I think it's fives and uh, Jesse because Jesse, hard case yeah. uh, gives up his. Yeah, he is hard. Uh, hard case sacrifices himself to blow up the big ship when they do disobey orders and take those starfighters out for a bit of a joyride. Yeah. And they do this with kind of, uh, they make a reference, uh, back to episode one. They say, Oh, master, uh, general Skywalker told me that it's easy. He did it when he was a kid. Uh, all you have to do is find the, the main reactor and then blow it up. And then, yeah. Um, hard case kind of gives his life. He takes this, like, I don't know. It's some sort of, it's some sort of, it's not i wouldn't call it a droid but it's it's something you know some object metal i don't exactly know what it was but he takes it and he kind of guides it along uh and it kind of floats to the main reactor and as soon as it contacts it blows up uh and he had this famous what did he say in that quote he's like uh you know oh you've given enough orders out uh today uh um 
Echo or whatever, whatever, or sorry, Fives or some or Sir, maybe. Yeah. Uh, I think he, he addresses him formally somehow, and then and he says, "Now, now, take some, take some orders yourself. Get out of here." Yeah. And and the main reactor blows up, and they're like, you know, they're they've got these, they're in these enemy ships, which are completely like, there's no joysticks, there's no nothing. It's all movement of the body, right? Which is super interesting, mm-hmm. which I found really cool because they hop in this little bubble, right, and then using their hand motions they kind of float this bubble up into the actual uh you know cockpit of this machine and then they pilot it but it's so confusing at first for everyone for those two to kind of they find they eventually get it down pretty quickly but um you know they have to move their hands and like they they to do like shots they have to like you know put their wrists forward it's 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 pretty pretty interesting yeah. system um yeah it's really cool like actually just unbarring technology in general really advanced stuff super like you can you can totally tell like with their uh like their ships their um i mean their their race like all their stuff like their those big centipedes were ray shielded yep um their weaponry is super advanced uh all these uh electric kind of plasma ball things and their guns and just everything about the Umbaran technology is super out there, like really, really sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Um, and then their their ships, of course, are pretty awesome. Like they're kind of like these hover pod style, um, you know, platforms with a chair that kind of get lifted up in a bubble into like the bigger frame of the the ship that they then fly, you know, that way. Right? Yeah. Like it, it's super cool. Like I love the I love. Uh, the unborn technology that they that they have, and something that I've also found interesting, kind of in this episode particularly, is that uh, Dogma and Dogma and Top they're sleeping in the barracks, right? They're asleep, and one of them wakes up, and they mm-hmm. both they both come up with a plan to rat on Fives and his team. Um, you know, as Dogma wakes up and sees those troops missing in the barracks, and plans to to kind of you know uh, approach krell rat on these guys but he they get stopped as they're on their way they get stopped by rex rex says oh where are you guys going and they say they say oh we're going to talk to krell and he says oh well i can help you with that and i can address it to krell what's up and they both say you know what on second thought it's it's fine and then mm-hmm. <laughs> rex yeah, says rex knows about their plan oh yeah they he, yeah he could and, and he kind of he kind of he doesn't want to officially support it but you can totally tell that he's on board with it because when they get back from this from this you know trip that they went on to and they performed a very brave act mm-hmm. right uh so when they when it turns out that they've succeeded like rex kind of covers for them he says it was my idea mm-hmm. And, uh, and it clearly wasn't his idea. It was, it was, uh, you know, it was fives plan the whole time. Like yeah. when they figured out they decrypted all the hardware and, and the security and all this and that. And, uh, cause he doesn't want his men to get in trouble. Right. But, uh, yeah, he, he kind of has to just let them face the consequences when, when Krell, you know, hashes it out and says like, Hey, like th- you guys, disobeyed a direct order despite the brave act um you know this is punishable by um court martial by court martial right yeah. and then um and then in the next episode which i don't know if you want to get into that yet um, um it's the next episode at the very beginning that he decides to uh to um what do you call it um execute them yep but um i've got a few more for this one though 
Um, yeah. I thought it was interesting that Fives had, uh, said that um, Anakin had shared his story with him about uh, about the Phantom Menace and how, as a kid, he blew up the Trade Federation control ship. I thought it was really interesting that Fives uh, says that, uh, oh, well, General Skywalker said when he was a kid, he, the tr- he said the trick is to blow it up from the inside. Mm-hmm. And uh, I thought that was really cool because, uh, well naturally you'd think like Anakin's a bit of a show off. Mm-hmm. I think there's times where he kind of, you know, you know, it, I guess he, he gets to know these guys, right? Like these were his men. Yeah. So it makes sense that he would have shared some stories of his past. And one of them being his heroic acts as a, as a boy on Naboo. So, <clears throat> yeah. Um, but inter- like you were saying, they, they, uh, you know, for crossing Krell, you know, Rex and five, Rex fives and uh, Jesse, they're kind of put on the chopping block. Uh, but he only takes fives and Jesse because they kind of admitted to it. But um, you know, when when they said you know they they fi- find a firing squad, Rex, you can tell he's torn. He's like, yeah, I have to obey, but I mean, I don't want to kill my guys, right? Um, and that leads into the next one, the next episode called Carnage of Krell. Um, and this one, I really enjoyed the. Um, uh, a fortune cookie from this one. It's it's yeah. It's, um, our actions define our legacy, and and mm-hmm. that specific fortune cookie is you know throughout this entire episode, like Carnage of Krell. Like we, you know, uh, Krell orders Rex to gather a firing squad against Jesse and Fives. You know, Krell's watching them to see if they're gonna follow suit and you know kill kill them right. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, Dogma wants to follow these orders. You know, Rex and Krell—they're really not getting along now, of course. Um, and he, there was an interesting quote that was said. Um, you know, they 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 go to execute them. They don't, um, and they say we have to stand together, right? And um, you know, they go back in the cell, right? Jesse and Fives, uh, Rex. And Krell have a discussion. Krell obviously isn't happy about it, but he said Krell says a very interesting quote, um, uh, which ties to the fortune cookie. He says, "The enemy may disguise themselves as clones to trick us." Um, and it's, what I found so interesting is that eventually in this episode we we see a, a battlefield, right? And they get another order from Krell to kind of do another assault attack, another tactical uh, plan. Mm-hmm. But you know, we notice that you know, Rex and his guys are firing at fellow troops and vice versa. Right. And, you know, that they get, I think it was Rex. He, he's firing. He, he kills someone or some of one of his men kills another guy. Right. But everyone's on the same team. He pulls off the, the visor and he sees it's a clone and he, he's shocked. Like, he's like, he, you can see he is so torn from what he just did. You know, he's, opening he's friendly firing right on his own men uh and and he's way he's running through the battlefield right there's clearly blaster pulls coming from you know north south east west and he says you know hold your fire hold your fire you know these are (laughs) we're attacking clones here right uh Mm -hmm. you know the clones they 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 kind of talk to each other because the the clones that we see kind of on rex's and fives teams they they all have a blue on their armor and the other guys have the yellow. Yeah, the five hundred first is is uh, blue, and the two twenty second legion is is like an orange. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of color. Yeah, and they both, 
both those legions, they, they, after they stop firing at each other, they kind of say like, who was behind this? And then they, they kind of remember the quote that, that, you know, Krell told Rex and then it, uh, they say, okay, you know, what we're about to, we have to do what's right here. And, uh, all those, all of those who are against this plan, who, who, who know what's going to happen, it's highly treasonous, uh, and could be punishable, but, uh, all those, uh, all those in favor, uh, or sorry, all those against, I, I'd advise you step away now. No one, <laughs> no one objects. They all step forward. Right. Yeah. Uh, and they go to, you know, approach and, you know, you know, call out Krell and say, look, like, whoa, <laughs> you just had us killing us. Like, what's the deal? And they're, they're like, okay, we're going to arrest him. And, you know, Krell, uh, you know, he, he tells them what's going to happen. And, you know, I, he, it was interesting when they, when they are about to arrest him, he says, they ask him, why, why did you do it? Like, why did you have us killing each other? And he said, well, because I can. And <laughs> like, just, yeah, exactly. Such a dick because thing. I can. Exactly. He's like, because I can, like, just no, no remorse for anything he's done. Right. Um, and yeah, yeah. And they, they, you know, of course they try to, they try to arrest him, but you know, he, he's on, he's unbelievable. He's, he's crazy. Like he just, he, it was funny. I was telling you, you paused it and you're like, what do you think is going to happen to the scene? And I'm like, man, everyone in that room is going to die. Like they're all dead. <laughs> like, you know, like, <laughs> but, um, you know, like Krell only kills a couple of them. Uh, and then he kind of like jumps through the window and then they're yeah. like, okay, we got to go find him. Um, and you know, they eventually catch up to him and they actually outsmart him. Uh, you know, like he was these, you know, we're we're nearly four episodes into excuse me, just before the finale of this arc. And Krell has been time and time again, you know, like you guys, you're terrible. You're just clones, you'll never amount to nothing, you are nothing, you're expendable, you're you're a waste of time. But funny enough, the clones actually outsmart him because there's this, uh, I forgot to mention this, but there's actually like this picture, like a Sarlacc pit sort of creature. And it's got like long tentacles and, you know, I don't grab. Yeah. Them, they, they kind of, they kind of hinted at this through the first episode. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, they, one of the clone troopers, uh, sees it, um, and knows that, Hey, this Sarlacc pit thing will, will get you. But they, they say to, to Rex, they're like, you know, bring Krell our way. Cause they're, they're in the battlefield. Right. And they're all trying to arrest him. And Krell is just killing guy left and right. You know, he's, he's yeah. beheading people, you know, cutting them in half, like stabbing them. He's, he's insane. Right. <laughs> and he's got two staff savers, right. Forearms, like he's nuts, but um, they, they eventually, I don't, I don't think I've ever seen so many like slash, like lightsaber slashes on humanoids in this show ever No, until this episode. No. And he does this insane helicopter spin move, very similar to oh, Grievous. Yeah. Like he's insane, but he's doing it with staff sabers and like, that's, it was crazy, but, uh, um, pretty awesome. But yeah, um, you know, and it just sucks cause you know, I, I would have loved to see this guy, you know, prime time full-on Jedi master, you know, yes, he's clouded, his, his judgment is clouded and he's going to turn to the dark side as he reveals to the clones eventually. But, uh, it would have been interesting to see him, you know, like full-on Jedi. Cause he, he's crazy. Like in combat, he's insane, but they outsmart him. They bring him to this Sarlacc pet creature. It catches him. And naturally, you know, like he's a, he's a Jedi master and he actually 
he loses one of his lightsabers and he cuts off one tentacle. He gets snatched up again by the same creature, you know, cuts off the tentacle again, but they actually, um, they capture him they, eventually. Yeah. And it was a close, close battle, but it, um, it just reminds you too, like just how capable the clones are when they know, when they know how to corner a Jedi, right? Like these, these clones are very smart. Yeah. Like, like they, they know how to, how to get, the, like because they work with the jedi mm-hmm. right like they work hand in hand with the jedi like just especially if it's their own general and they know kind of how they fight like they know how to corner them they know how to they know how to kill these guys yeah and um and it just kind of it's a huge foreshadow moment to order 66 Definitely. With, um with you know just like them punting down all their jedi generals like it's it's pretty crazy and and exactly i mean like um you know storming them by numbers is how they eventually win right but i mean with the minds of you know how 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 could you not like you know one one insanely powerful jedi you know like doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to take down a battalion of what a thousand troops right not saying that he couldn't you know it really depends who we're talking about here he does he does take down quite a few oh yeah he he can't take that he can't take down all like a whole army of them exactly and and it's it would be the same thing as saying you know yoda or palpatine if it was like you know a million clones versus one of them like yeah they would take down a lot of them don't get me wrong but i mean they're they're gonna get they're gonna get tired they're gonna get gassed and they they will get shot down eventually but um they they eventually arrest him and he actually gets stunned you know episode four a new hope style uh when they stun leia but um uh they they stun him they stun him and then they take him to the uh the cell the little mini penitentiary they have there in their uh in their base um and you know it's then it's revealed he reveals to rex you know this is part of you know the 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 Jedi Order is going down. Things are going to go downhill. You know, I'm planning to yeah, go to the dark side. He says, uh, so his ba- his basic evil plan is to essentially, on purpose, just mess up this uh, battle for the Republic so that the Separatists maintain control of the planet, uh-huh. right? So his, his, his whole idea from the beginning, from the get-go, when he takes control of Anakin's 501st Legion, is to basically use them to kind of mess up the whole campaign by just getting them all killed. Yep. And and that's why he's purposely like sending them into the worst spots of of all time, like throughout this campaign, right? Yeah. And uh, and his entire master plan is to get the attention of Count Dooku mm-hmm. so that he can be his new apprentice, because he sees the darkness rising in the galaxy. He, he can feel it, mm-hmm. and he's he's had a vision. And this kind of reminds me of Sifo-Dyas's tale as well, but um he's basically acting on fear to uh to kind of i guess i guess move with the tide mm-hmm. so to speak you know like he's trying to kind of embrace the fact that it's going to be inevitable that the jedi will fall mm-hmm. and and he's embracing that wholeheartedly thinking that the best he can do for himself is to ditch the jedi and just straight up like betray the republic and try and become some sort of dark agent of dooku right yeah you know and so. when he's being arrested he he even pulls up classic palpatine he says it's treason then uh and then he just murks. yeah he's got the same line and everything yeah, and and he, he just yeah. murks everyone practically everyone in the room but uh and then he jumps out the window like a maniac but um yeah i mean he 
insane general you know he got outsmarted by clones whatever so basically he's he's in his cell and they're like okay you know like we cannot we know what he's about but we cannot let uh that happen like we can't you know we can't let him live essentially and they're like okay well you know it's kind of uh, against uh, our way but it has to be done right and they're like okay we have to kill him so they go down to his cell uh and then <clears throat> rex you know tells him to kind of back up against the wall and turn around he tells him to get on his knees and then you know krell kind of uses the potential i can sense your fear and kind of like puts fear into him and tells him like you don't have the balls to do it right sort of thing and then rex is you know he's clearly shaking and then yeah krell even says i can i can i know you're shaking i know you don't have the guts to do it and then um you know as at the same time dogma is kind of released from his cell as well um but he actually takes a blaster from i think it's from fives and he dogma actually kills krell um Mm -hmm. and then you know he says you know i had to i i couldn't see our men go down like that and you know yeah the guy that the guy that krell just called a fool for for kind of uh taking his side on on the whole you know yeah uh should we follow his orders or not right like like dogma is kind of the most loyal clone uh, in the five of first to Krell while he's being a, a, a complete, you know, like jerk and just sending them into the, to die. Yeah, basically. pretty much. And, and yeah. And, and, and Krell kind of laughs at him. He's like, you are the biggest fool of them all dogma. Like, yeah. um, you know, he basically called them out for being a loyal trooper, just blindly following his general. Yeah. Right. And it just goes to show again, like being a soldier means, you know, doing what you think is right. Like just like, it's not only always about following orders because then it's just blind, blind trust for these guys. Right. Yeah. And it, um, it, it was exactly that blind loyalty on dogma's part, which, uh, you know, <laughs> kind of led, led him to where he's at. And he did kind of redeem himself by killing him, but you know, it took him four episodes, however long that was in the clone wars to kind of, you know, realize, okay, like, dude like this guy was he was killing us the entire time sending us to our deaths you know not caring absolutely you know whatsoever and we're just expendable to him expendable to him and he's like at the end he's like i couldn't i couldn't do it and rex of all people he was the one who was you know constantly you know saying oh but we should do this and krell's saying oh no but you guys are gonna follow this order i'm in charge here kind of thing and of all people i honestly thought that rex was gonna do it but nope dogma dogma kills him yeah 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 um yeah yeah rex still still couldn't make that final move he couldn't bring himself against crow no he couldn't bring himself to do it and and it's an admirable thing that he was even able to go that far Uh to 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 kind of say like okay he does need to die because if he if he doesn't the umbarans are going to take this airbase and and they're going to release him out of there like he's going to break out Uh and he's going to get away Uh right and and this kind of makes me think like what would have happened if Mace Windu had killed Palpatine right there in the the Senate office? We'd have we'd have w- probably one pissed off Anakin. Um, I mean, <laughs> we had we had a, a concerned Anakin, right? Uh, you know, he's like I. He even says I need him, right? It's saying yeah. I you know I need Palpatine, right? Uh, and 
Windu goes to do the strike and he's like, I, I, this, he's got to die. And, you know, Anakin cuts his arm off and then unlimited power and he's out the window. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. and you know, he's just, um, he's, he's, it wouldn't have been a good sight. I mean, by that time on man, honestly, like Anakin, he's, he, he, he's turned right by the time he goes back and he's like, no, I, I, I need him. Like, I can't just give him away to the Jedi. And he's like, he's like, no, the, the Jedi are blind. And he's, 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 he's past the point of, uh, of return there. Right. So it, it, it would have been a different yeah. outcome in the, it wouldn't, I don't think it'd be a different outcome. It would be different outcome in the sense that the scene would be different. It would be like, uh, well, now Mace Windu is, you know, <laughs> going to duke it out with Anakin, which would have been sweet, but, um, obviously, mm-hmm. it, obviously it didn't happen, but, um, but yeah, it's, uh, at the, at the end of this episode, Rex actually like, says to um to Krell or or uh, maybe it was, it was either to Krell or to dog no it was to dogma it was to dogma when they when uh so we're just flashing back a little bit when when they're rushing off to kind of uh nab you know to to chase him into the woods kind of thing uh general Krell and and dogma kind of stops them with his gun and he's like what do you guys think you're doing right and they're all kind of pointing blasters at each other and then rex takes off his helmet and kind of levels down with dog money says i used to think being a good soldier means uh, meant uh doing what they told you or something like that mm-hmm. and and uh he kind of it, again it's another reference back to like that laquade episode where where he or laquane or laquade uh whenever when he met when he met him for the first time because his eyes were truly opened for the first time ever since being born as a clone trooper with this kind of underlying code to be loyal right yeah and he he understands after that point of time that being a soldier doesn't mean just following orders all the time. Otherwise, they are no different from battle droids. Exactly, and and that's part of the benefit of of having, um, you know, an army of clones is that is that they are able to um, just basically uh, completely follow orders, but also make uh, logical decisions. Yeah, and and that's like the most important thing. That's that's an advantage that the the Grand Army of the Republic has that the Separatists don't. Yeah, um, but you know, at the at the turn of everything, like they all become one, right, with uh, Order sixty six. But uh, I mean, honestly, guys, like this was an amazing arc so far. It's been the best one in my in my books. Uh, you know, the visuals, it's crazy. It, like every single episode is like you're watching uh a live action movie like it's just insane particularly the second and third one i would say the second and third episodes in this arc are you know extremely action-packed uh the fourth one is probably the best just because you know there's redemption there's you know there's uh, the fourth one is a lot of it's a big roller coaster of emotions but i mean the whole arc is just it's fabulous it's it's amazing you know um really one of the best one of the best uh definitely so yeah i'm i'm excited i want to see some I want to see some more intense battles. I really, really, really want to see some Darth Maul. Like, I really want to see how... We're getting there. Yeah, I will, We're getting there. I want to see how they bring him back. Because like I was saying in one of our earlier shows, um, I think it was a couple podcasts back now, but, uh, you know, with the whole, like, the sequels, like, bringing Palpatine back was kind of like, eh. You know, Palp- like I was saying, oh, Pal- Palpatine had his time, but Darth Maul, 
Darth Maul, he was so short lived. So I'm totally down as long as it's not and that's the something thing. Yeah, like, right? Here's yeah, and the thing about Darth Maul coming back and everything, like like fans always always wanted it to happen. Yeah. Like that like everyone was like, oh man, like wouldn't it be cool if if he came back, right? And there were comics uh, about it in the old expanded universe, like, you know, basically tales of of him coming to come making a return and all that. And uh and like nobody cares to have Palpatine back. Like everyone loves the character. Mm-hmm. I love Palpatine. He's awesome. But he's had his time. Yeah. And and like I feel like it's it's respectable in its own way to have you know the chosen one kind of bring balance to the force and and kill Sidious, right? Like like that's just always been a thing. And like the fact that he just doesn't die now is like oh man. exactly you know, like what just... what is wrong with being picked up and being thrown off a hangar? What is so wrong with that? You know that was fine. He was dead. He died. Yeah. So be it. You know. But no, he's yeah. He was cloned, and now he has a million other Palpatines that are cheering him on. Like, no, if there's any more Palpatine that I want to see, I want to see kind of how he trains with Plagueis and how he gets into the Senate and how he becomes a, a senator and how he he and Plagueis have this evil plan to take over the galaxy. How he like, kills I want to see I would like to how see he that. kills his master, yeah. how he recruits Darth Maul and and he has a connection with Mother Talzin mm-hmm. and uh, and all this stuff, right? Like, I want to see all this cool cool story right and and what we're getting is like why it's just recycled <laughs> nonsense like it's oh my goodness it's, it's like it's like we don't need to repeat history here and it's like th- these this is star wars it's got to be different yeah and and like that's that's like you know and and i what i love so much about the clone wars is that it's so different every arc is incredibly um, unique mm-hmm. in its own way and like it, there's an underlying kind of similar message here and there but still like everything is so great like the world building is awesome uh we don't ever get to see umbara through the show again but such a cool planet like just really cool like the world building in general the the people that live there the technology uh the the way that they survive with those gas helmets on mm-hmm. um all this stuff like the you can feel the symmetry through their whole civilization and um from their ships to their suits to their weapons everything even the style of the planet how it's dark and shadowy and glowing everywhere it's awesome yeah and and like i yeah and and like we don't like at least at least for me like i just get really upset when i see something that's too similar to something i've already seen i'm i'm like ugh yeah, let's let's get something new. Exactly. You know? Yeah, that that was that was the shortcomings of of Disney. Like they they just you know they hit that nostalgia bush. They smashed. They broke that nostalgia button. You know, and they they like they tried to to you know <laughs> you know reinvent the wheel so to speak, and they just you know came up with a triangle. <laughs> so you know, like <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, yeah I mean, like yeah. it's uh, it, it was just bad. I mean, like it was bad. Like I was quite content with, with, you know, episode six ending how it was. And, you know, initially going, I remember like with, with force awakens, I was like, I don't want to see the trailer. I don't want to see, you know, how it's, uh, what they have planned. I just want to, you know, I, I heard in 2012, I, I believe it was 2012 when, or whenever, when Lucas sold it, uh, to Disney. And I was like, man, it's going to go down the pipes. What mark my words. And, you know, uh, you know, sure enough, I was right. But, um, they, 
you know, they, they just butchered it. And I remember going to see Force Awakens and leaving it. And I was like, what abortion did I just spend money on? Like, that was garbage. I, I, I felt pretty empty after watching that movie. Oh, to yeah. Be honest. Like, oh, yeah. Like, when I walked out of it, I was like, I didn't feel like I watched a Star Wars movie. No. <laughs> like, it, it felt like, it felt like almost, it felt almost familiar. Yeah. That was, that was, that was the, that was the key kind of like, description that i have uh from my reaction when i when i watched that film but um but i mean like the whole movie like i watched a star wars movie where r2d2 was under a blanket the whole time and we had we had uh 15 seconds of luke skywalker who didn't have any lines exactly Um, we 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 watched a star wars movie where where um where han solo basically played second fiddle to these new characters that that i was you know introduced to for the first time and then he gets stabbed um, like what with some with some minor dialogue from leia through the through the thing as well yeah and it's like man like i i just and then no political backstory at all to the first order or the resistance or anything like like people had to read comics and books just to get hints of kind of how things started right because uh because naturally disney was like oh well we got 30 years between episode six and seven let's let's leave that to kind of tell stories in the future and it's like where are they like like i don't even know like it's like the whole kind of if you ask your casual viewer how uh how the first order kind of came became out of the ashes of the empire they would not be able to tell you no and 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 or even like your average star wars fan like even people who like you know people like us that like love star wars with a passion um you know like it's it's so hard even for me to kind of figure out through all the different pieces of narrative like how to kind of construct a full timeline of how when when and how things take place half the time it's very kind of uh convoluted yeah and um and it's unfortunate because like in the prequels like the entire thing is like like yeah people complain about the politics but the politics is the backstory to a war like like there is no war without politics cuz that's when politics go sour that's when war happens in the real world that's exactly how it works and it's like you like it's the other side of the coin like war is one side and and government and political kind of you know, instability and stuff is, is, is a whole other, the other side of the same coin. Like, like, like they go hand in hand. Like the rebellion is not fighting the empire because they're evil. They're fighting to restore the Republic, which is, which is a government that, that came before them. Right. And, and it's like, when I watch the first order and the resistance go at it, I'm like, okay, cool. Ships and, and Jedi and training or whatever. But, but like, where's the story? Exactly. It, 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 it was so, it, it was so rushed every single movie, you know, yeah. cause they were cranking them out every year, right? Christmas, 2017, Christmas, 2018, Christmas, 2019. Like that's insane, right? Like that's how, how do you do that? Right. And then, you know, w- when you look at it, like, okay, 77, then 1980 and then 1983, you know, a couple years man like you know first off budgets and all that stuff and mind you they were done with you know effects like you you see like a i don't know let's say an at 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 for whatever reason you see it and it looks huge but it's like really it's a backshot looking at a little you know figurine right and it's just all these tricks but now you know disney has so much money you know more money than (laughs) 
than any other regular person, right? They just, okay, CGI, bam. And it's just so, so much of those movies is just like, I've, it, it kind of robs the, the essence of it for me. Um, and, you know, like the same thing with the prequels, like, you know, uh, 1999, uh, 02 and then 05, you know, it had some time between them, right? You know, took us time, did it well, and we got masterpieces. But then, you know, yeah, it's like George Lucas when he when yeah. he said like, well, when Charlie Rose asked him about why he sold the company to do the sequels and stuff like that, he said George said, well, to do them right, I would need ten years to do them. Absolutely, and I don't know if I'm going to be around in ten years. Absolutely. So, so like the guy would have done them if he if he was younger like yeah oh yeah but but i mean like he doesn't know if he's going to be alive by the time he does the last one right so of course he wanted to you know pass the torch so to speak mm-hmm. and and it's like and i had this conversation the other day actually with like with the, with my mom about it because she had just watched the rise of skywalker and and i was telling her about this because she was kind of questioning me about it but but yeah like like i just kind of I don't know. I mean, like, I I wish that because George is obviously still around, and even though it's only been seven years, uh, wait, has it been seven years since he sold the company? I think it was like almost eight. I think it was like twenty twelve, right? Yeah. It was twenty. It was end of twenty twelve. So yeah. So about so about eight years. Yeah. But if he kind of got on the ball, if he kind of got onto it on twenty twelve, started pre production, um, we'd be looking at seeing episode nine potentially next year or the year after mm-hmm. which would be george lucas's version of episode nine mm-hmm. and um and probably have like an actual decent story like that one that actually follows the narrative of the previous six films exactly i mean i don't even it, it just sucks because we were robbed of it because you know as as we've mentioned before and i'm sure a lot of you guys know that you know this the original scripts um, I'm not. I'm not going to use the word scripts because that's a pretty heavy word in this case. But it's just the the original outline. The, the out, exactly the outline. But but episode seven did have an original script based on that outline. Yes, but they chucked it. They they chucked yeah. all of them. Yeah, right? they, they they chucked it. You know, and 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 you know, just imagine uh, again if 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 Lucas decided to do it and he's like yeah to do it right I need 10 years but hey he's been around 10 years he could have done it i get it he was old and tired and whatever else he had his reasons fine but i mean just because you have uh you know more more money than what's reasonable uh and you have the ability to crank them out in 3 years i mean cool but like you know i'd rather have quality over quantity you know like those mm-hmm. 3 years is just when it comes to star wars it's a waste you know, I would have rather waited if if the last George Lucas movie came out 20, like, let's say 2025 Christmas, December 19th, for yeah. an example, and he d- dies December 20th that year. I would I would be like, that sucks. But you know what? Look at the masterpiece he left us. And then he dies after its release. Like, you know, um, J.K. Rowling is a good example of somebody who's created this universe of stories. Yeah. Uh, and has maintained kind of in charge of her story and her narrative for for however long she's been involved with. Even though there's been movie adaptions of these books and stuff, she's been relatively involved in in at least like more so going going on through the series. She got more involved. And the Fantastic Beast movies, she's the screenwriter. So so like she's at the point now where she's making these movies, and she was an author at one point. But um, but yeah, like like and. Uh, 
And uh, like when I think about George Lucas being the guy who created this universe, he was the guy making all this stuff. And now he's just kind of sent it off to somebody else. You think you think the wisest decision would be to kind of have one person make the story. If they're not going to use George's outline, then that's unfortunate. But whatever. They bought the franchise. They own it. Nothing we can do about it. But at least the least they could do was get somebody who understands Star Wars to make this trilogy and make it in a unified vision. Because there's some cool things that came out of the sequels. Like, I, like I, I don't exactly like the movies, but, but, it, but there's some cool things that came out of them that are like, okay, that's kind of, that's kind of interesting. Like, that's kind of new. Um, like, I don't, I don't 100% want to like burn them at the stake, but I'm definitely on the side of the fence that they're easily my least favorite in the whole saga. And, and uh, it makes me think it's like, okay, if you had somebody make this trilogy that understood Star Wars way better and and continued the narrative might not using might not be using George's outline might be you know doing something that that maybe Disney was at least happy with but still like like at least it would have made sense like as a trilogy like watching episode 7 through 9 it would have had this kind of overarching kind of story that 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 you know has that proper symmetry and cuz it, it makes it feel at least episode nine did it made it, it made it feel uh, especially episode eight, just the whole kind of like back and forth ping pong effect of like uh, this director, that director, uh, this director, that director, uh, and everyone wants to tell a Star Wars story uh-huh. in George's world, and it's like, man, like we just we can't get George Lucas back, but the next best thing would be to have somebody, somebody that has this unified vision, somebody that's in sync with George's vision, um, might not be using George's outline, but still. Uh, as much as I would have loved to have seen that outline on screen, my hope is that at least we would have gotten something similar, close. Yeah. And and we've had good Star Wars movies. Like we've had like Solo was pretty decent. Like Rogue One was was great. Um, and and it's like if you took and those were those were anthology films, like using different actors and like like spinoff movies, right? And and those were the good ones. And it's like and Mandalorian even like. Like it's, it's, it's amazing. And it's like, man, like the potential for these legacy characters, like you get Carrie Fisher, Harrison Ford, Mark Hamill, and you make a Star Wars movie where hardly any of them are in it. And it's like, what? <laughs> I was like, why did you buy Star Wars? <laughs> exactly. And that, that was it because, because, you know, I'll go back to this saying, man, it's Disney. It's just classic Disney. They'll, they'll take something and then they'll make it, you know, so they'll drag it out so much. And Star Wars was such a bad decision to do that on. Like, you know, uh, like they they could have went so many ways about it they could have had people you know obviously not lucas directing it but like dave filoni has had the instruction of lucas i mean look at clone wars they're they're mm-hmm. genius, right you know yes lucas was more involved dave that, filoni you know? is the man yeah i mean like imagine what could have been but that's unfortunately that's what we have now with what we've been given it's like oh what if what if right you know and star wars needs a kevin feige Somebody, somebody who's uh, Kevin Feige is the guy behind the brilliance of Marvel Studios, and he's been kind of behind the scenes working it back there for for years now. But he's the guy that's made it the most successful franchise on the planet. Mm-hmm. Um, it's currently got the highest grossing film of all time. Yep, Avengers Endgame. Yep. Shortly behind that is also Avengers Avengers Infinity War, mm-hmm. 
And there's countless others on the top grossing 50 of all time. And it's like, man, like, like constantly Marvel's pumping out billion dollar movies and people are loving them yep. every time. Yep. And it's like, I, I hardly see a Marvel movie these days, at least that get negative reviews. Mm-hmm. And, and like, it upsets me to kind of see Star Wars getting that attention, right? Like, and for, cause we love Star Wars. Like, like we're, we're not like hating on Star Wars. Like, like we love Star Wars and that's why we feel this way. That's why we're talking about these movies this way, because like we have a passion for this franchise, which we just care so much about that we hate to see it kind of taken in a certain direction. Yeah. And, and it makes me think it's like, man, like there's comic book fans out there have been following the Marvel comics for years and they love the movies mm-hmm. because it pays so because it, it, it's in sync with that original vision and it's in sync with like this cinematic narrative and, and all that stuff. And, and Star Wars just like, like half of it plays ball and the other half just doesn't like it just doesn't work. It 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 you know what happened? They it just lost its consistency and that was it, yeah it lost its way exactly yeah. and that was you know by by the fault of of people themselves right? I mean I'll say it time time and time again you know what if Lucas did it it would have been amazing you know you know Palpatine more than likely would have never come back you know luke skywalker would have probably continued you know a a a reborn jedi order you know luke skywalker was a big part of the original script in episode episode seven he should have been i mean he's the he was a big part the original right like they that cast is the original star wars right and a lot of people um a lot of people would have probably you know said you know keep them a lot of people would have probably said don't keep them but at the same time i mean this timeline is huge especially i mean this is 30 some years after return of the jedi you know luke is an old man at this point right so give him his worth but no to have him have literally 30 seconds of screen time get paid you know a a stupid amount of money good for him right but he doesn't say a word the next episode, he throws away his lightsaber. And then, you know, the next episode, they make him seem like a hermit kind of guy. He's like, oh, I, I don't I don't like your force religion. I don't like your, you know, laser swords, all this stuff. And then they kill him off. And then what What was what was the coolest scene in that movie when they bring back Yoda? I mean, don't get me wrong. I like my hair is kind of stood up when I saw that. But I mean, at, at the end of it, it's like, really? They're like that. That was it. Yoda. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was great. That little scene was was cool, but like, I mean, out of all of them, really, that's I that's all I have to to, to like remember. The sequels. I remember saying to somebody um, when the sequels were first announced. I remember just saying to somebody that it was going to be the the most loved trilogy uh, of the saga because at the time when we didn't have the sequels, the 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 fans were still pretty divided on the prequels, right? Like some some fans loved them, most of them didn't like them as much, right? And I feel like more today, I'm less finding myself defending my my love for the prequels, and I'm more kind of just dealing with sequel talk a lot, right? Because that is big, the new controversy, and and it's like this will this will follow, you know, it, it's just the next kind of thing, right? But but at the same time, it's like at one point I truly believed that the sequels had the potential to unite the fans, and it was because. There's so much potential having the original Star Wars cast all alive and well and everything and the prequel cast all alive and well and everything. And it's like, 
man, you got these two casts of people for the entire Star Wars saga, and you're able to make a trilogy of films that incorporates the young, the, the ghost of Anakin Skywalker. You you can make a film that it, that uh, that brings back Ben Kenobi, and you can have Ewan McGregor reprise as Obi Wan because Alec Guinness is unfortunately no longer around, and uh-huh. and uh, and you got um, like. And you got you know like George Lucas, like the man who made Star Wars. Like, like he's still he's offering to stay on as a volunteer creative consultant and give you an outline to make the next three Star Wars movies. I mean, you could, and it's like, like you can't ask for anything better than that. Exactly, like he with that offer, that's like he's freaking spoon feeding you, man. Like, why wouldn't you exactly. take it? Like, you know, yeah. like, I, I, oh, stupid. It's stupid how they, they didn't take it. Like, if that was me and I was the CEO of Disney or whoever's in charge, I'd be like, absolutely. We will gladly take that. Give him his cut, whatever. But, you know, they would have been At fantastic. least for the next three films. Yeah. Like, like, do what you want after you make the sequels. But, like, but like this is the Skywalker saga. Let this me is finish George's it. story. You know? Yeah, yeah, like I know this uh, kind of this series, like you know this, th- like George hasn't. It's not like George Lucas wrote every single Star Wars book out there. Like this is a, this is a a universe that he's made, which which has in- involved a lot of people over many years of creating material for for this for this world. Mm-hmm. But um, but the guy made the the series. Like the guy is like George Lucas is the spearhead of star wars like he's the guy who he this is all in his head and he drove the story into what it is today and and made all the 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 films that we know and love like over the years and it's like when he sells this franchise to you it's like yeah you did buy it and like yeah you got all the rights for it and everything you could do what you want technically but i mean he's offering to to stay on as a creative consultant for the next three films just to make sure that you guys like tell you know the right kind of narrative uh-huh. and it's like they just they just threw it all away it's like i just don't understand yep. like i don't get why i under i understand why like that they can do that i don't understand why they did it. they're they're they are the general krell in this case you know classic classic saying from that episode because i can and they did you know like oh absolutely you know like, yeah absolutely you know <laughs> like Lucas is the Rex and he's, you know, trying to be the voice of reason and stuff. He's like, look, I, I know I, I sold it to you $12 billion or four, sorry, $4 billion, which is still a slap in the face if you ask me, but you know, $4 billion. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll step back, but Hey, you know, let me help out. I'll be a create lead creative, you know, consultant like that. That is like literally he taking the spoonful and feeding it to you, but you don't take it. And I, you know what? I'll, I'll never forgive Disney. And that's why, like I always say, you know, Star Wars still remains episodes one through six, you know, Return of the Jedi Palpatine is over that ledge and they freaking incinerate Darth Vader. That's it. That's it. That's where she yeah. ends for me. So, yeah, yeah, yeah that's fair. Yeah. I mean, like, that's the thing, right? Like, and, and, you know, I'm in, I'm in the boat where, you know, it's it's plain and simple. Like, I just don't like the sequel films at all. Yeah. But yeah. But but I I'll, if I ever take anyone through through the franchise, like, it's not like I'll ever avoid those movies, because Star Wars is Star Wars to me, and it's like everyone's got their own opinion. And you know, I I might leave the room to to take a coffee break here and there, <laughs> but but I'm gonna be showing them the sequels. And it's like, cause cause like you know whether I like them or not, like everyone's got their own kind of like and dislike for whatever they watch and like i never want to be that guy that prevents somebody from experiencing star wars whatever side it may be it's still star wars Uh right um 
even though the sequels don't really feel like Star Wars, but to me, yeah. <laughs> but, but they're still Star Wars. That's the thing. That's the, that's my problem. But, but, um, but yeah, like, like I'm never going to not expose somebody to these films just because I don't like them. Um, and, uh, and that's, that's just it, right? Like, like, I don't, I think it'll take me a long time to kind of accept them in the first place. I never will. Um, I think, <laughs> I think I'm more, more like, yeah. And I think I'm more kind of upset that this is still all very recent stuff. And, and like, I think I'm still just kind of reeling over the fact that all, all this just happened, you know, and especially within the last couple of years, like I'm still kind of thinking back to when George sold the company thinking like, man, like what would have been his story? Like, like I would have loved to have, to have known. It would have been way better than seeing, you know, him drinking green milk from the tit of some <laughs> disgusting animal. I'll tell you that. Luke Skywalker. Yeah, yeah, like, Luke, man. yeah. It's just such a shame. Like, just like everything that's kind of, everything that's kind of come out of this trilogy has just been, has just been disheartening. And I don't want to keep ripping on them, but, uh, cause I know some people love them and, and I, uh, there, there are some moments that I do like, like there, there are things about them that I can appreciate. Uh, in the more recent one, I do very much like the moment between Han and Ben Solo, like the whole redemption story. Um, uh, I, I do quite enjoy it. Um, I, I thought it was moving for the character. I'm not overly invested in those characters though. So for me, it just it doesn't exactly hit the spot but uh but i i gotta say adam driver is probably one of the best parts of that whole trilogy in the first place so yeah i'll i'll, yeah. I'll gladly rip on them any day of the week but uh i think that's all the time we have um, <laughs> we just spent yeah. the third of the episode just uh just bashing the sequels over talking about clone wars here <laughs> just bashing them <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh jeez. okay yeah. well well thanks man let's uh let's let's talk to you next time on, on the show and uh we'll get into the next arc which is all about cadavo uh and we'll find out next time right here on star wars escape pod clone wars talk all right, thanks, Diego. And uh, thanks for all you guys tuning in on a weekly basis. I'm seeing those numbers, um, and it would be nice to see a little more feedback as well. So get in touch with us at um, at our email or uh, send us a tweet or whatever. Just, just say hi. Just say, like, hey, thanks for, thanks for making these episodes. Uh, we love the sequels. And uh, <laughs> we'll probably send you a little sorry note or something like that. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but... Uh, yeah, thanks for thanks for tuning in, guys. It's really awesome. And uh, share this with a friend. If if you got if you got a Star Wars friend, maybe you got a sibling, um, and they love Star Wars. Maybe they work at home nowadays. Whatever. Uh, maybe just shoot it to them. Just be like, hey, these guys are going through Clone Wars like on a binge, and um, talking about Star Wars. If you haven't seen the recent Jedi Fallen Order, uh, if you if you if you don't plan on playing the game, then by all means check it out but uh if you have played the game then uh, even more by all means check it out because uh, we did a great breakdown of that game and uh, talked about the lore and the story and all the planets that we visit and it's really really awesome so um you guys must be spending a lot of time on zoom these days so there is a link in the description box where it'll take you to starwars.com and you can download star wars backgrounds for your zoom meetings which is really cool so um, if you want those Star Wars backgrounds, then uh, hit that link and it'll take you to where you need to go to get those. There's plenty to choose from. But anyhow, we'll see you next time right here on Star Wars Escape Pod. May the Force be with you. It's like